And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Thursday. Gary, good morning. Good morning. Another insane day. Every yeah. day is yeah. more insane. Uh, let's start out with an audio cut. Mm. Uh, this is uh, uh, top Biden spokesperson John Kirby All right. asked a question uh, on intelligence. You know, uh, are you examining the intelligence? How did we miss this? Yeah. Here we go. Okay. John, this was a massive intelligence failure. <clears throat> Who bears responsibility for that? You know something, Jackie? There's going to come a time when it's appropriate for us to... Take a look back retrospectively and see what the intel picture showed us or didn't show us, um, whether there's any gaps that need to be closed. There's going to be a time for that. And I suspect that our Israeli counterparts will do the same thing. Now is not that time. Okay, so now is not that time. Uh Uh-huh. And, all right, so Mm -hmm. now is not that time. Well, what is it yesterday? What was it the time to talk about? All Mm -hmm. right, if it's not Mm -hmm. the time to talk about you know, how did we miss this intelligence failure? Yeah. Have a discussion yeah. on it from day one. Right, right. That's what you wish to right. uh, do. What would be worth talking about then? Let's go to the president yesterday. You know, and as we uh, take these acts, I continue to call on Congress to pass what my friends in the front row here mostly support, junk fee, the junk fee, pre- pre- junk fee prevention act. Hard to say. Anyway, but all kidding aside... Uh, lowering the fees on concert tickets. You know, uh, it's so refreshing that we we have our head in the game. I think Netanyahu and the people of Israel can rest easy that we're on top of the important things. And I'm guessing in the next couple of days, the media will get back to the Taylor Swift coverage. Well, not since they apparently broke up. Oh. Did they? That's a great... <laughs> Let's delve into that. We're yeah. going to spend the next four hours... Yeah. Um, w- William, H. Macy, William H. Macy... William H. Macy... No, we're not. 
William H. Macy should have, um, uh, John Kirby, uh, should have responded by uh, our strongest ally, Israel, and the American people and free people all over the world should know that we're constantly reassessing uh, intel gathering sources and methods and that right now it is job and always has been job number one but in that region there is a constant reassessment which includes now as we look to help israel get settled and and go through not only go through their war but also their grieving process We take everything very seriously, every piece of information that we get. We look at the methods, and we're always asking, what can we do better? Oh, I want to make this note. You heard when Kirby said Jackie, that, of course, Mm. would have been Jackie Heinrich. I did find out Mm. that was not her following uh, Representative Tlaib yesterday. Oh, okay. That was Hillary Vaughn, who is Pete Ducey's wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that changes everything. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know Pete Ducey, but Eric and I would like to have dinner with both of them. <laughs> well, and he, just ask some questions like, so what do you guys, well, what's, what's your pillow dog like? <laughs> Pete Ducey is probably the only person at Fox News that can say, I'm with Hillary. Yes. Yes, yes. and it means something special. Um, yeah. Uh, and by the way, that, that whole thing where, you know, she basically had to leave, had to come back in a, in an interview. And, and by the way, why, why couldn't you say that then? Why couldn't you stop and say that then? Why can you not speak with conviction at any moment? We understand who she is. We understand how she thinks, but in a situation like that, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have to draw the line very clearly because if our enemy believes that they have lawmakers in the U.S. that are friendly to them, and by the way, they likely do think that for good reason, then it makes us less safe. Well, that went viral online. Mm-hmm. None of those, uh, I, I was looking at uh, uh, Newsbusters, and they said none of the networks carried that. None. Mm-hmm. You think if that was a Republican, they would have covered it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't matter anymore. I was reading something the other day that said everybody under 60, everyone gets their news from the phone. Mm-hmm. They don't get it from, they get it from the Internet. They don't right. get it from TV. Right. Uh, it was just like the ma- the numbers are massive. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> you're not, but I'm over 60, mm-hmm. and I get mine, I get 99, okay, I'll say, Ninety-seven percent of my news I get from online. It's uh, easier. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. You don't number one. I, you, don't have, you don't have to wait now. Well, I, now YouTube. I get it from. I I will get. You know when something happens, especially right. you know for example when they're all walking out of, of yeah. uh, you know of a conference, whatever. Uh, I'll I'll watch it on YouTube. Right. But yeah. I know about it from being online, and YouTube is not traditional network TV. Yeah, I've got my alerts set. Uh, on every app, on so every news source, uh, including liberal media, because you want everything 
in, in what we do, you want to be able to assess not only the story, but how it's being covered. And so that's pretty much what I rely on. I mean, it, if I had to sit around and watch TV, this is, we get back to the Newsbusters crew. My gosh. <laughs> Seriously. These people are heroes. And Your job is to watch all of the mainstream media news reports. It's just. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need more interns. But, you know, the, the whole thing is, is that, and, and I think that's where we get into the willfully ignorant, you know, because uh, if you're, a lot of people would say, if my phone alerts were going off like yours, and and mine are, my alerts fill the page and then some several times a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which means you've got to be careful. Now, uh, quite unfortunately with the New York Post, half of it is about Taylor Swift or the Kardashians or something like that, but I can skim through that and swipe. But the average person, if they were looking at, at my phone, would probably say, yeah, no, thanks. And and what that leads to, I think, is a more, uh, you know, a greater population of, of people that are willfully ignorant, and that is, we don't really want it coming at us like that. If we want it, we'll go find it. And, you know, that's how you get to the undecided voter three days before the election. That's how you get to an, a, a number of people not knowing what the, and of course, <laughs> we can go back to uh, all of our uh, comments about public school when it comes to knowing the three branches of government and, and the failures in, in the public school system on, on that regard. But it's... There is no excuse on any of it from the very basics of our society to daily breaking news. There's no excuse for being uninformed except for the fact that you just don't want to be informed. And that's what it comes down to. You know, the the people who listen to us, you know, it's great. I love it because you'll see it and they're doing, they're doing, uh, in, in many cases, they're doing the same show prep we're doing. They're following the same stories we're doing. Yeah. And which I love is, that. Which is all the major stories. Yeah, and, and we'll get it, you know, and sometimes, you know, on X, they'll send us, you know, a post. Hey, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And and I love that um, because it tells me that they're, you know, that it reminds me of who our audience is. They're, they're sitting and, you know, they're informed. And as a society, we should be informed. We should be informed about the border. We should be informed about how the economy runs. We should be informed as to who our enemy is. We should be informed as to why it's important to know that Afghanistan is now a terrorist superstate. And now, uh, with, with Iran and the whole thing with Hamas, it is important to know the back and forth, the details, everything about that well, $6 billion and also... Their right. access to the world market, the the global oil market, to to raise more money to fund terrorists. Well, it's always important because I think the biggest story here, and I know the people that I that that I really respect in in the business, are doing the exact same thing. They're focusing on the six billion, and not only just the six billion, mm-hmm. but 
the all the oil all the oil money that Biden has allowed to go to Iran by not enforcing and it's federal law. Yeah. Federal law dictates uh that you know we are supposed to you know embargo Iranian oil. Right. And he has decided not to follow federal law right. to do it. Right. I think the most important story is here is the fact that the Biden administration, because the funding wasn't there, the massive funding wasn't there because of the federal law mm-hmm. and the Trump administration. Right. Now the money is there. How did that happen? Right. And as you notice, there there sticklers about well, this six this six billion, uh, not a dime of that has been spent, and we all know that's a stupid argument because it's fungible. And the other thing is, they know and believe they can spend it because they know that Joe Biden is not enforcing the oil embargo. Right. So he's already. They look at him and go, he's already been somebody who was giving us tons of cash. Right. And it's really interesting because uh, it's something that. You and I wondered, and Andrew McCarthy broke it down yesterday, and he actually apologized to his National Review audience saying, mm. I know, I know, I know, everything is focused on the $6 billion. I want to tell him, stop apologizing. That's yeah, the I don't, key. No, no, that's because that's, that's pointing the, that out is right. important. Is, is it important to know that the presidential administration has been funding Hamas terrorism and Hezbollah terrorism, that, the, that, that it is the United States through the Biden administration that has opened up tens of billions of dollars to go to Hezbollah and go to Hamas, which then got Americans killed and kidnapped. All this is important. And because and, and everything, I, I think to me, that's the most important part of the, of the, of the domestic part of the story, which is my God, the United States under Joe Biden is ensuring that our enemies are flush with cash so they can use it against uh, our allies and us. Yeah. Every day, you look at their production and what they bring to the global oil market every single day. There, it, There's no telling what they'll be able to fund. And and so, uh, but he, he came out and said, he said, you know why they won't freeze it? They can't. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. The Biden administration cannot freeze it. They have, he said, because if they could, they would have. This is such a huge negative for the Biden administration. And so what they're saying is, and it actually hurts them because they're like, oh, yeah, we can do it. We just haven't decided to do it yet. Why not? Right. Because that position is a horrible position. Well, we could do it, but we haven't decided to do it yet. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And he says, they're lying. They can't. They can't do it. It's in Cutter's hand. They would have to ask Cutter to to give it back to the United States or give it back, you know, refreeze it again, because this is actually South Korean oil were, money. Yeah, well, the, and, 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 and that's a said, good point, because and, that was part of the exchange for the hostages. Exactly. Is setting it up, right. essentially, where the U.S. didn't have control of it at that right. point. Yeah, we don't have we don't have control of it. He'd ask to he would have to ask uh, Iran and Qatar to do it, and if both and both would refuse, as right. he made the point, and then he'd be embarrassed and he'd be shown up. So they're in delay here. They know, according to Andrew McCarthy, they know they're lying. They cannot freeze 
the six billion dollars, and they're pretending like, oh, this is our choice, and we're and it's like, well, because that question was asked the other day to Kirby. If not now, when? Right. If you don't freeze it now, when would you freeze it? Right. Americans are dead. Right. Americans are being held hostage. Right. And you're not freezing it. So we'll get to that coming up and a whole bunch more. we got mm. a great show ahead. Who might be speaker and who might not be speaker? And will mm. there be a speaker, <laughs> a permanent speaker? Right. That and more coming up and some polling on uh, uh, illegal immigration. And, you know, it's a uh, it's. Oh, and uh, the uh, the fact that on so many of these protests, I saw an article, so many of these protests that are happening for the pro Hamas people, they're all wearing masks. And it's not because of covid. Mm. Eight, six, six, 90 red eye. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's lubricity. Diesel fuel in the United States must have enough lubricity so the fuel does not produce a wear scar greater than 520 microns. Without the proper lubricity, you run the risk of fuel pump and injector failures. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep lubricity levels in spec, to keep the fuel system protected and avoid costly repairs and downtime. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep your fuel's lubricity within specification of U.S. standards and the Engine Manufacturers Association's recommendation for lubricity to keep your fuel system protected. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find Great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara coming up on the bottom of uh, the hour. How John Kirby is helping 
the opposition connect the uh, the dots. Yeah, he's out there right. yesterday talking about. Well, we all know that uh, Iran for the longest time has been uh, has been helping Hamas. We know they've been funding Hamas for the longest time. Yeah. Well, then you look like an idiot because you know they're trying to sit there and just say it's the six billion you know that that uh, you know Cutter has right now. Right. Uh, and it's not. No. It's, it's again not enforcing. Uh, the oil embargo on Iran after the Trump administration, which is, I don't know, what is it? What could have that been? $30 billion, $40 billion over that time period? Right. Because we already knew it. I mean, the, the, the fact is they couldn't hide it because in their last uh, international terrorism report from the White House, they ad- admitted that, yeah, uh, Iran funds Hamas, over a hundred million, Hezbollah gets seven hundred million. They uh-huh. believe, right? And so we all know they're a part of it. And but well, there's no connection between the fact that we are the ones that responsible for making Iran flush with cash. Our administration, we did it, but there's no correlation because there's no direct evidence that the serial number of that particular dollar. And this is what Matt uh, Lee yesterday oh was bringing gosh. up the State Department. Just their, stupid. Their, their argument is, we haven't traced us uh, any dollar that uh, that has a particular serial number right. that went uh, from uh, Iran to Hamas. It's not how it works, and you know it. Yeah. And, and and those are the things that you know that are, are very frustrating right now. And I don't know, I don't know on the messaging, I don't know how they turn this around. I don't think they can. It's only going in one direction. You can't it, win this. Because Israel is at war. This this really is just beginning for Israel. Mm-hmm. And yet we're still setting the embargo aside, dismissing federal law to do it, to make sure that Iran is funded properly so that Hamas has everything they need to fight Israel. I... I don't, I just, that's just maddening. I know. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So, according to Andrew McCarthy, National Review, you've seen him uh, on Fox, and he's everywhere. I think, he yeah. has, I think his columns are in the New York Post too. Contrary to what Biden officials say, they know they can't refreeze the six billion. Right. That's a lie. And that's the thing here, because we we went through this with Afghanistan when Americans were killed. Mm-hmm. They lied. Yep. Biden lied consistently, and now the same thing is happening now. And the media, uh, I believe, is not investigating it as thoroughly as they should, because that's the sto- that the domestic story is. If, if you ask a, in a question form, did the United States over? Uh, the last couple of years during the Biden administration allow Iran to be flush with cash because they changed U.S. policy towards the oil embargo. And then you can sit there and, and that and say, okay, well, that changes completely because if there's a pattern of us 
making sure that Iran has money. Well, then, hey, Iran looks at this six billion, this six billion, and says, "Yeah, okay, fine." But yeah. can they refreeze it? Andrew McCarthy says no, and then he writes, "At the risk of trying our readers' patience, see here, 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 here," because. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm again banging away at the six billion, but that's no. I think it's important that we bang away at the six billion mm-hmm. in order to get to the truth of it. Uh, and he says uh, the uh, Biden administration here. Let me get to this here. The bottom line, contrary to what Biden uh, Biden officials are saying, they know they cannot refreeze the funds. They're lying about that. Yeah. He won't say it. I'll right. say it. Mm-hmm. They're lying about yep. it. After all, if they could, they would. Iran, a designated state sponsor of terrorism under federal law, for nearly 40 years, backs Hamas and patently was complicit in the October 7th atrocities, in which quite apart from the massively murdering and savaging Israelis, Hamas killed at least 22 Americans with at least 17 other Americans missing and likely either killed or taken hostage, along with scores of abducted Israelis. Even before Saturday, there were sanctions in place that the Biden administration purports to be enforcing, clearly then giving the political heat the president is feeling for putting $6 billion at Iran's disposal shortly before its proxies slaughtered our citizens and allies. If he could freeze the funds, he would. But I, I don't think the fallback position of saying, oh, yeah, we could freeze it, but we're not yet. I think that's a horrible position to be in. Well, because eventually, eventually it's going to be found out. Because it, it, the, I understand why they tried to lie about it. Because, number one, Joe Biden lies about everything. But if you're in this situation, you see everything that we criticize them about with unfreezing that money has now come to fruition at the front lines between Hamas and Israel. And what are you going to say? Well, we don't actually have access to those funds anymore. We would have to go and ask permission to freeze those funds. We don't control those funds the way we did before we unfroze them. Well, that's why the Republicans in the Senate, they're probably, well, I, I think that uh, probably you're going to get Democrats aboard. You may be able to get the Democrat votes. Mm. The Republicans in the Senate uh, want uh, legislation to freeze the $6 billion. Yeah, They probably know he can't. Right. That's why they're putting the legislation through. Right. So officially. To force him to say he can't. So yeah. officially, you know, to say, well, I can't. And then they've caught, they've got him in the lie. Right. Uh, he can't, this is from Andrew McCarthy, he can't because he lost his leverage when he waived the sanctions and transferred the funds to Iran's ally, Qatar. He'd need Qatar's agreement to freeze the funds. It's so certain that Qatar would not consent that Biden won't even ask because in this moment, being rebuffed would be too humiliating. So the administration has come up with a fairy tale. Well, we could freeze if we decided to, but there's no need to because Iran hasn't touched the money and we can't confirm that Iran was involved in the October in October 7th anyway. They have to say confirm because the evidence is too overwhelming mm-hmm. for even Biden to pretend there isn't any. Yeah. Biden isn't confirming Iran's role because if he did, he'd be expected to do something about it and he's not asking Qatar to freeze funds 
because if he did, he'd be expected uh, to do something about it when they turned him down flat. Mm-hmm. So they just lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Americans are killed, mm-hmm. and this administration, again, is lying to cover their their posterior. Yep. Like you, I, I want to use, you know, it's... The, you you said a couple days ago, I said, you know, almost a curse word comes out because yeah. it's so infuriating. It's so infuriating the way that they're lying to the American public. It is. And ob- obfuscating and, and, and not letting, you know, and, and because they have to because it looks terrible. You well, know, it, it absolutely and, looks it, terrible. And, and it, if they were to tell the truth, it would look bad. Be- it would also look bad because it would prove everything that we were talking about in terms of releasing those funds to Iran. The $6 billion at issue was generated by Iranian oil sales by, to South Korea. The United States was able to freeze the funds because South Korea honors our anti-Iran sanctions when we enforce them, as the Trump administration aggressively did. The funds were frozen by the South Korean government until Biden issued a formal waiver on September 11th Think about this oh on September 11th of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make this up. No, I you mean, cannot make no. this up in, in, in the world of screw ups in the in the world of mishandling in the world of being completely and totally incompetent. There is nobody that stands above Joe Biden. The Biden administration claims that as the authority to refreeze the funds, this position was initially staked out by State Department spokesman Matt Miller at the time of the transfer and has been reiterated in the past two days by National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and also uh, Kirby has said it. Mm-hmm. According to Biden officials, the funds are never to be, directly, uh, to be directly in the Iranian regime's possession. Rather, as needed, Iran is to alert Qatar that portions of the funds should be dispersed directly to third parties. But there is no, as they say, there's no clawback agreement in this at all well and it, it's like okay will you do this yeah okay well and and to that end then the u.s can't insist that they give their blessing and guide those funds when they are requested for use when there's a request for use for those funds if the u.s can't if there's no clawback clause here then there is no enforcement by the u.s as to how those funds right. are going to be used and it goes back to what the regime said in Iran, we'll use those funds however we want to. And, and he points this out and he says the administration further claims that U.S. monitors uh, will eye the funds transaction by transaction if Iran were to try diverting any of the $6 billion to unapproved purposes. Biden officials insist the money could be instantly refrozen. Tellingly, they have declined to discuss what the mechanism for that would be. Because there is no mechanism. There isn't. According to Andrew McCarthy, the administration is lying. Right. The money and, and is I, as good I, as being in right. uh, Iran's central bank. Yeah. And so, but and so you can look at the six billion. But when you look at the six billion in context of after the Trump administration enforcing the sanctions on Iranian oil mm-hmm. and then Trump coming or Trump then Biden coming in and reversing it and you have seen the amount of money Biden is responsible for ensuring that Iran uh, Iran is flush with cash from oil sales 
because he will not enforce the federal law that exists right, right now. It's it, it's it, it, he's going out of his way, setting federal law aside so that Iran can be well-funded and have plenty to fund terrorists with. And then the funding, wow. the, then the funding goes for terrorism. The Terrorist Act happens. Then the United States has to use taxpayer dollars to go in and support Israel mm-hmm. for a situation that the Biden administration funded to begin with that ended up getting Americans killed yeah. and taken hostage. Yeah. You can't you can't win that. And that's why they're sticking with that one talking point over and over again. Not one cent of that six billion. Do they even know that? Is that a lie? Do they know that? He doesn't get you, into that. Well, Tell me how they would know that. Because if there is no clawback mechanism in in that, then tell me how they would have that access to those funds in monitoring those funds and the flow of that money. I'm I'm confident, as pointed out here by Andrew McCarthy, I'm confident that they don't have a mechanism for monitoring. And, and talks about the reality that America has to confront that, you know, both uh, uh, Qatar, Turkey and Iran mm-hmm. play both sides of the game, you know, with with presidential administrations. Right. Of course. You know, in Qatar, we have military bases. So, yep. Yep. you know, uh, we have military bases in a strategic location. But as he said, he goes, Qatar works against our best interest all the time. All the time. And also funds, yeah. you know, also sends money to fund terrorism. Right. So in essence, right. if we have bases that we pay for. Right then that money is also going to fund terrorism. Right. This is something I think most Americans, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest in America. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. You know, to I, me, that's the, this is the key of the entire thing domestically. This is the number one thing because I don't see how you can make the argument that, that uh, the Biden administration, uh, you know, starting with Obama playing mm-hmm. the big fool with the Iranian nuclear deal, complete yeah. big fool. Yeah. Oh, Obama, he's worldly. He's he's an idiot. These well, people, at least these he did are... something. Yeah, he did something, and yeah. now we're looking at it. Yeah. And then with Biden there, I mean, bumbling and stumbling, and then yesterday, I mean, I was I when I saw, I flicked on, it was on YouTube, and I said, okay, here's part of him speaking. And when he's talking about junk fees yesterday, I mean, I just had to turn it off. I'm just so angry, so infuriated. Americans get killed. They don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. They don't and care. All they do, because they're, they're lying about everything. They're lying about everything again. And I wish somebody, I, I wish the press corps would get a little bit tougher. You know, maybe we can have our disagreements of where we should spend taxpayer dollars. Maybe we can have our disagreements about debt. You, but Democrats, do you really think? That an administration should be challenged when they're the ones that enable Iran to be flush with funds when we can stop it and did stop it. And we ensure, the Biden administration ensure that they're flush with oil money, Mm -hmm. which then was used to attack, uh, to to, uh, 
commit a terrorist attack against Israel, commit the most heinous crimes, even against children, and kill Americans. It's like, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. American families and Israeli families are grieving. And he's talking about junk fees. Yeah. I just, I was so angry when I saw that. If if anybody on my, uh, it would be cancel everything like this. I won't be talking to anybody about junk fees and concert ticket prices. Right now, all hands on deck for the situation in Israel. Full stop until I say otherwise. Never underestimate the ability of Joe, Joe Biden, Biden to F things up. And I mean in a whole new way. Yeah. I I would not even imagine you could go this far in screwing things up. But Joe Biden can. If you want to get in, we have a line open, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, then that's the one thing, though. Their lie is horrible. Yeah. The lie that, right. well, we could. We could refreeze it, but we've just chosen not to. Yeah. And you've got Americans yeah. going, well, if you can, if you can, well, then you should do it. That's what you should be doing. Right. And that's the whole point. And nobody really ad- addressed that specific point except Andrew McCarthy. Right. I haven't seen anybody else address that saying, you know something? They're lying. Because they would freeze it if they could. If they could, they would. Because the political pressure is unbelievable. And the lie is so horrible. Well, we could refreeze it, but, uh, you know, we just, uh, we haven't made any, because uh, Kirby said that yesterday, remember? He's like, we haven't made uh, any decision on that at this point. Right. Well, when are you going to make a decision on right. it? Right. What would how it would take? You, how would it not be right away? Right. Because they can't Because do they it. actually can't do it. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. 
He is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. We are Red Eye Radio. Just reading here from more of uh, Andrew McCarthy's column, which is just, which is great. And I do, do think that domestically, you know, you know, uh, what what we do and what our plans are for the future for supporting uh, Israel and everything else is, uh, I'm sure, going to be discussed. But domestically, you look at it, and I say domestically because you look at the, the president and you look at the administration, you look at the fact that it's the administration is the reason. This administration is the reason without question. Now, you may sit there and say, well, they're trying to become friends with uh, Iran or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, and, you know, the money was to get the hostages back. <laughs> You're not going to win that. No. You're not going to win that because no. you are. This isn't like this started yesterday. Right. This has been 40 years. Yeah. And and so, but the Iran sanctions, as we know, the oil sanctions, Trump enforced. Biden did not. That's the reason. It's the oil money. You heard Kirby. Oh, we put on 400 other, uh, other sanctions. Mm-hmm. And what were they? Yeah. You yeah, okay, the 400 other sanctions. Let's give me a list of what they were and then let's look at the where the real money is, which is the oil mm-hmm. and the oil, mm-hmm. you let them acquire tens of billions of dollars that they can use to fund terrorism. And there's no way around those facts that you just laid out. There's no mm-hmm. way around it. There's no way to correct this. Because if there is no clawback mechanism on that $6 billion, then that tells me there's also no way to monitor how those funds are used. And at the very least, no way to enforce the use of those funds right. if they're used for other purposes. Iran said it. We're going to use them how we want to use them. When Biden officials claim that they can refreeze the funds, what they'd have us imagine is if Qatar releases some of the money at Iran's direction... And then Iran is directing, uh, is di- is di- detected diverting the money in some way that would violate some sanction, presumably the one that Biden hasn't already waived. <laughs> mm-hmm. The administration could then ask Qatar to freeze the rest of the money to decline further Iranian disbursement uh, directives. But would Qatar comply with such a Biden request? Dream on. Yeah. Again, the $6 billion that Biden put at Iran's disposal is a growing scandal after this weekend's atrocities, which now include Americans murdered and taken hostage. Any sensible president who actually had the power to freeze the funds would have frozen them by now. Enriching Iran was brainless, but denying it riches would be a no-brainer. Well, you, you think about that. Um, that statement that any president would freeze them if they could have by now, because freezing those funds is not a permanent act. There are a couple of things that effectively you can say, all right, you're not whatever you're going to use. You're not going to use these funds to fund Hamas, but ultimately long term, if you say, well, that's only going to uh, bring more scorn from uh, from the Iranian government. Well, again, if it's not a permanent act, freezing those funds would have been one of the first things you did even before enforcing the embargo. 
The embargo is what really cripples them. And by the way, that is something they can do. And and when we talk about, for example, the whole climate change crap, because it comes into effect here, right? And and the uh, the 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 you know where we're going with the grid and where we're going with EVs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and fossil fuels and all this, it all you notice when we've often talked about this, we have said that the Biden administration and the Democrats, the left, wishes to hurt uh, our uh, economic security, mm-hmm. our energy security, and our national security. Mm-hmm. These couple of sentences here from Andrew McCarthy sort of gets that gets to that particular point. Said again, the six billion that Biden put at Iran's disposal is a growing scandal after this week's atrocities. Okay, I just read that one. Uh, Biden is not trying to freeze the money since he knows Qatar would not agree to do it. Qatar is a Sharia supremacist regime. It is not going to rupture its relationship with an allied Sharia supremacist regime just because the American government is embarrassed. Notice that immediately after Hamas's uh, barbarous weekend attacks, Qatar joined Iran in publicly blaming Israel. Understand who the intermediary is there. Right. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs holds Israel alone responsible for the current escalation due to the ongoing violations of rights of the Palestinian people. That's the official statement from Qatar. Hmm. Moreover, and this is where we get to everything, this is where we get to the complete heaping, steaming pile. Yeah. Moreover, the regime... Uh, in uh, in Qatar, holds heavy leverage in dealing with Biden. Besides needing it to continue allowing American forces to stay uh, to station there, Biden is relying on Qatar to help meet the energy needs of Europe, which is largely cut off from Russian supplies because of the Ukraine war. If Biden tried to ramp up American fossil fuel production for that purpose, his climate alarmist political base would revolt. More to the point, Biden is hoping that Qatar will use its influence with Iran and Hamas to negotiate the release of American and Israeli hostages abducted uh, by the jihadists from Israel over the weekend. That is plainly why Biden officials are trying to bluster their way, we'll say it in a different way, lie their way uh, through Republican and media questions about the $6 billion. Regardless of how hard they are pressed, administration flags will keep repeating their... uh, horrible talking points well in theory we could refreeze the funds if we wanted to Mm. but why should we when uh, iran hasn't touched the money and er ergo we can rest assured it is not being used to fund terrorism mind you this is all nonsense anyway because money is fungible once the iranian regime knew it was there on deposit with Qatar for the regime's benefit iran was free to divert the terrorism promotion uh, and and uh, other funds it would have spent on legitimate governmental purposes. Later, it can direct Qatar to disperse some or all of the $6 billion for those humanitarian purposes. You know, it's the whole thing. You saw that the Wall Street Journal had the editorial of the Hamas leader who said, look, for the last couple of years, all we've done is pretend that we care about the Palestinians and that we were involved in governing and providing to them and the mm-hmm. economic stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is a Hamas leader. And it was all a lie. Right, we, we were just we were just trying, you know, to uh, to make it so Israel didn't think we were going to do anything. But all the time, our only goal was basically propaganda to the Israelis that we are now carrying individuals, and all we wanted to do was kill Jews. Yep, and that's from the Hamas leader. Right. 
So well, they were building their their Trojan horse of an image. We're we're just here to help the Palestinian people, and I can I can see, I can see uh, in the upcoming weeks when finally you know they because the Republicans in the Senate now are are you know want to have legislation to freeze the six billion, and they're doing yeah. it on purpose right. because I think they probably believe understand you can't freeze it. Right, you can't freeze it now. Right, it's in the you know, and and so they want to expose the Biden lie on that one, and then I can hear the Biden administration. Well, you know, we trusted Iran for this. Mm-hmm. We trusted Qatar. We trusted Iran, right. and we look even more foolish. Right. And but but the thing is, it's the entire package. It's everything from the oil embargo since he's taken office, not enforcing the oil embargo, which has put tens of billions of dollars mm. into Iranian coffers from oil because Trump said, nope, you're not going to do it. And they didn't do it. And their capital, what was it down to like $4 billion, I think somebody yeah. was saying the other day. Yeah, right. And now it's up to $30, $40, 50000000000 billion. Right. Well, that money can now be spent for terrorism. And it was. Yeah. And so this can only go one way. It can't go any other way. They're not going to win this. And I don't see them enforcing the embargo. My question would be, is there anything that forces them to enforce it? Well, you would have enforced it now. Americans well, are dead. Certainly. They're hostages. Certainly those who are capable would. But is there anything from this point on that would enforce them to do it? No. I don't see no. anything. I don't see anything. Look, they did it in the first. I mean, you have to answer the question, why did the Biden administration change the policy of Trump to enrich Iran? Right. Until you can get Biden to answer that question, and he never will, you don't know. Because the buck stops with him. He made the decision. Why would Biden open up the door of cash to Iran? What is the reason that he would do that? Can any Democrat answer that question? And it's completely separate from the $6 billion, but the Democrats and uh, the administration is trying to just focus on it's only the $6 billion uh-huh. and ignoring all the money that's gone in because of the oil embargo. As was pointed out the other day, they're treating us like idiots, as McCarthy said. Well, you- they think the American public is idiot. They think the American public are complete idiots and can't put it together. Right. Well, you know, supply and demand, Gary. Oh, my God. We can't enforce the embargo because, you know, supply and demand. Wow. Well, he's admitting what we said then. I mean, they're they're actually, when you read through it, admitting the truth. And that supply and demand thing was, well, oil prices will go up and gasoline will go up if we don't allow them to, you know, put their oil on the world market. So that because you and I talked about it yesterday when Kirby said that we said, my God. He is saying, well, we need to take the chance that Israel will be attacked and Americans will die and will be taken hostage because we need to keep oil prices down. But we won't drill here. We'll do everything to stop it here. Right. And Iran and it, can keep increasing their right, production. Right. That's their argument. I mean, that's I mean, that, do they even realize where they're going? And we got a couple audio cuts more coming up from Kirby. We're just like, dude, you're just they have nowhere to go. And they're making it worse. They're making it easier for the public to connect the dots. 
No, they are. And we'll have this audio coming yeah, up. Yeah, they are. 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Let's go to Mike in Boise, Idaho. Mike, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing, guys? Very good. What's up? Hey, I, uh, on your information, that, that article Andy wrote about, about the money, if it's all a big hoax and a lie, what about they keep touting whenever they come on and talk to the media that it, the money is just to be used for food and medicine? So that's a big lie, too, isn't it? The whole thing is probably well, I, I and that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, Mike. I don't if 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 there is no method to refreeze this money, then there is no method to enforce the use of that money either. That's that's what it right. tells me. Well, I'll say this: they yeah. use that when they when, during the hostage negotiations they were promoting. You know, when they when they announced the six billion, they announced it only go to humanitarian, yeah. and that's when the uh, the uh, Iranian uh, leader came out and said, "Absolutely not, we'll yeah. use it for whatever we want to use it." Yeah. Right. So you knew at that point right. that was the spin that the right. administration was putting on, yeah. because it it wouldn't have been accepted any other way yeah. except and and so what you're and and that's why you know what is the process to claw back to get the money back if they don't do it. And as Andrew McCarthy's saying, there isn't any, there and, that's, isn't and any. that's where the yeah. lie is. There, yeah. that, and yeah. that's yeah, I that's think you're right, Mike. Is. Thank you, yeah. and 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 that's it. You know, um, because look, in the wake of an atrocity, you you look at at what has happened. What is still happening? I it, this is the thing. This war is ongoing. And the slaughter of babies, the raping of women, all of the atrocities that are laid out for the world to see. Any American president would do everything within their grasp to stop this and control it. If, if, if for no other reason than to be greatly concerned about your polling numbers... What I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, I wonder what are the conversations that are being had between uh, the Democratic lawmakers and this administration? What are the concerns, the real concerns here 
because it's going to fall on the party it already has. There's no way to fix this misstep by the Biden administration. There just isn't. He's incapable. But my God, anybody, anybody, especially somebody that's been in the Beltway and been in public office all of his adult life would know there are moves you can make so that you gain the confidence. And he is incapable. He doesn't care. And also, there are things now that he has put thrown out of his reach. And it's likely that $6 billion. There's And, and like I said, there's one thing he can do. He can enforce the embargo on oil. He can cut them off from the world market, and he's not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, here from the Wall Street Journal, the journalist reported that Iran gave the approval for Hamas's bloody assault at an October 2nd meeting in Beirut. If the Wall Street Journal knows that, how doesn't the CIA? Right. How did the Wall Street Journal find that out, and the administration is still saying we have no evidence of that? Well... Does it go back to... They've not retracted. Wall Street Journal hasn't retracted it. Right. The Iran Supreme Leader has denied it, and the U.S. is saying it has no specific evidence of Iran's ascent, but Iran has long been the chief benefactor of Hamas and Islamic Jihad in Gaza, as well as Hezbollah in Lebanon and the Shiite militias in Iraq and Yemen. All have praised the Hamas assault. Uh, uh, This is what Iran sends Hamas guns and money to do, Hamas killed at least 22 Americans in the attack at last count, and others are now captives. Mr. Biden has a duty to get them home and avenge those deaths. The Wall Street Journal editorial. Yeah. Uh, it's implausible that Hamas would have struck without Iran's approval, knowing Israel's response would be devastating. One question is whether the massacres were part of a deliberate strategy to court such a response. An Israeli ground assault could be the excuse for Hezbollah to open up a second front in Israel's north. Hezbollah receives an estimated $700 million a year from Iran, and its missile stockpile runs at 100,000 or more with greater accuracy than rockets fired from Gaza. They could target most of Israel. A Hezbollah attack would also require Iran's approval. Mr. Biden on Tuesday warned unnamed countries not to take advantage of the war in Gaza and his deployment of a carrier group in the eastern Mediterranean is a useful show of support, but the question is whether Iran will believe this attempt at deterrence after Mr. Biden's behavior over the past three years. And that's where you get to it. And they talk about the oil sales and the embargo and everything else. Iran has, Iran, if you look at the leadership, has to look at it and go, Biden's a sucker. And he's arming us. He's not going to. Exactly. We're going to fight us. On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, don't forget uh, that uh, you can download our 
Red Eye Radio app, if you haven't already. Many of you have, and we really appreciate it. You can listen when and where you want if you cannot listen live overnight. All right, let's play a couple of these audio cuts. Mm. And this is, and again, after I, we were thinking about this yesterday, and we said they can't win this argument. You read Andrew McCarthy's column today. He goes, they're lying about the $6 billion. They can't freeze it. They're lying about it. Mm-hmm. And and so um, you just look and you say, okay. And we had mentioned this yesterday. I mentioned this to you. I said, is there no central leader? Do they all just go out there and say what they think they should say? It seems like they're untethered. Because we've talked about how John Kirby at times has just... <laughs> We, what was it about a year ago where we said, oh, okay, when he wasn't speaking a lot, we said, oh, he might be better than Kareem Jean-Pierre. They need to put him in there. <laughs> oh, my God. My God, were we Horrible wrong. mistake. But just so you know, if <laughs> if you think we never say that we're wrong, we were wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's horrible. Clearly wrong about that. But some of the things that he's done to actually make the argument against Biden mm-hmm. and Two uh, two things that he said yesterday, okay, and this is on uh, this is on um, uh, on uh, on Hamas and the relationship with Iran. Okay, here we go. Okay. Hamas wouldn't have been able to function at all had it not been for propping up by the Iranian regime. But so he says that. Then here's this next statement. Here we go. Even if there's no direct evidence linking Iran to this specific attack right now. Does the U.S. believe Iran needs to pay some kind of a price or be some kind of retribution for having supported Hamas all along up to this point? I mean, the question almost, and I'm not picking on you, Ed, but it implies that uh, that we're just now waking up to the fact that they've been supporting Hamas and Hezbollah and other terrorist networks. Uh, Hamas is one of the most highly sanctioned terrorist networks on the planet. It implies that we're now just waking up to the fact that we've been supporting, that they've been supporting Hamas. Well, you've been supporting Hamas. And you still with, are. With the, with the oil embargo, with, with, with not enforcing the oil embargo. And, and this is where Kirby, this is where I'm, you and I were talking about this yesterday on the air and off the air. It's like, is, isn't there a central clearing place in the Biden administration to say, well, you can't go there because if you go there and say, no, 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 we've known all along that Iran is supporting Hamas, then you look terrible for taking off the sanctions on Iranian oil that has made them flush with cash and the fact that you would then knowingly, you know, 2020 hindsight, look at doing that and what a mistake that was, knowing that they support Hamas and Hezbollah and other terrorist groups around the country, then the $6 billion even looks worse when put into context with all of the support that the Biden administration has given Iran. And like, I, you know, I've, I've said this to a few people. I've said, if I'm, because it, it feels like part of me says the, an administration can't be this stupid. So yeah. have I dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's? Am I missing something here? You have those thoughts because you're like, this is mind boggling insane. If I'm chief of staff, I, everybody is before me every single morning. You know the talking points. You know what you can and can't say. You know what to expect in terms of questions. And here's where you go and don't go. When you, when Kareem Jean-Pierre, you have a book. Stick to the book. But when you, when you make all the wrong decisions and lie consistently, is there any way when you've got 
five or six people out there speaking for the administration every day. Is there any way that you can actually keep it all together? No. No? No, not with with someone who is a wholly dishonest person, Joe Biden. Because you don't know what he's going to say. This is why they don't put him out there. They can't put him in front of the media ever. You can't do that if you just if you're the campaign manager or if you're any of his handlers, you have to know you cannot put him in front of the media. Their only option is for him to and this is horrible for him to turn his back and walk away. And not only that, but yesterday, whose bright idea, imagine sitting you're sitting around the table with all the president's aides. All right. More Americans now are killed. We're over we're over twenty. Mm-hmm. Seventeen are at least missing. We don't know how many are hostages. Right. We don't know how many are missing or killed, but we've got we know there are hostages there. Right. So what's the president going to talk about today? Well, generally he can just just sort of mention Iran and just tell them uh, you know, to watch out, not get involved in it whatsoever. Yeah, be careful. Because because we need to keep that separation. Mm-hmm. We need to focus in on Hamas and not Iran at all. Right. But you can tell Iran to watch out. And then you mm-hmm. can say, well, the president, he covered Iran. He told them to watch out. Yeah. <laughs> Which would just, yeah. I, you may hear that today. Right. And then somebody says, well, look, let's try to deflect off the horrible scenes there because we, we can't defend what we've been doing mm-hmm. with the, you know, with enriching Iran like we have as an administration. So... What can we do today? Oh, yeah, let's bring back up the proposed junk fees for concert tickets, the extra fees for concert tickets and sports tickets. Mr. President, get out and talk about that today. A day a day after where the biggest news is the decapitation of babies in front of their parents. It's it's before so, they killed their parents. It's so frustrating and far beyond embarrassing. It's just an embarrassment to the entire world. He's on the global stage because the events in Israel put him there. And every U.S. president would be in that position. And the spotlight is on you. And then you mumble your way through something about concert ticket prices. I it's that's something uh, by the way that's something look look, Carter was a horrible president Mm -hmm. but he presented himself better well it's funny funny that you say that because I was actually I was going to say that's something that even a former president wouldn't do as a former president you know I'm you know George W. Bush sitting there with Bill Clinton listen we're going to get together uh, you know, as former president, and and we're going to campaign to bring concert ticket prices uh, down. And that's not even something you would do as a former president. But I mean, just... and in the wake, in in right. in the days after the atrocities in Israel, that's what he is on. That's a priority. That right. is something that they made time and kept the appointment for in his schedule. And then you know, he was also talking about how horrible the economy is. <laughs> How 61% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And at the other end, the economy's great. Right. I mean, they just can't get He can't get it together. 
He's all over the place. This is this is why anybody speaking for him is all over the place, and they are untethered because he's not tethered. He's not together. His mind isn't working properly, and he's a wholly dishonest person. He is a liar to the bone. This is going to blow up. This is the six billion is going to blow up because they're going to get caught. It, 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 with the, uh, I got to find the story of the the Republicans in the Senate. I don't know if I printed it. Or well, not, and the Republicans in the Senate, and then as soon as I saw that, that the Republicans in the Senate are going to look to uh, you know put through legislation to freeze it. Mm-hmm. Well, which Democrat isn't going to sign on to that? You have right. the votes, right? And then it comes to the administration. Well, we really don't have the ability. And, to and it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what Kirby says or anybody says at the White House. How does the Wall Street Journal? know about what Iran did and gave their blessing for on October 2nd at the meeting in Beirut and the president not know. You can't convince me of that. I don't care who you are. You can't convince me that the Wall Street Journal knew that and learned it. And the president of the United States didn't learn the same. There's no way that happened that means they knew that means they knew far ahead days in advance there's no way to convince me that the wall street journal knew it and the president yeah but the didn't. wall street journal did not know in advance no they knew after the terrorist attack but what i'm saying is the administration knew in advance yeah i don't know i, I won't make that claim there's I don't know if they there's no way they didn't yeah I, I There's no way the intel didn't tell them. Yeah, I, I can't make that claim. I'm saying you can't convince me okay. otherwise. I'm pretty damn sure about it. Because then at that point, you'd be saying that the United States knew. Then did Israel know and not defend themselves? Or did the administration not Or did the it? administration sit on it? Is it yeah. something that Joe Biden simply doesn't care about? Yeah. Or are we back to the Obama game Intel versus policy that they're changing the nature of the intel by the time the president receives it yeah. for plausible yeah, my, di- I'll, deniability. I'll, I'll stick with this point. The fact that the Wall Street Journal knew afterwards and knows when the meeting took place and who was part of the meeting and the the <laughs> the, the, the uh, you know, because the, the next thing you do is you'd go to the you'd you know, you'd go to the Wall Street Journal and you would just say, could you lead us in the right direction? Mm. Right. Yeah, right. And the Wall Street Journal probably would say, okay, you know, we're not going to give you our sources, but here's what happened, when it happened. Yeah, there's no way it it eventually made to the media, but didn't make the president's desk ahead of time. I just, I refuse to believe that. Or the intel was changed to whatever the, the reason that they were doing it during the Obama years, you can bet they're probably doing it for this president, too. If they're changing the nature of the intel before it reaches the president's desk, as was reported about Barack Obama. Or did the administration hear it and say, eh, we're not going to do anything about it. The lazy approach of Joe Biden. Yeah, I I don't know about that, but I, I I do ask the question, how does the Wall Street Journal find out? And the administration is still claiming complete ignorance of any 
yeah, of any there's, tie yeah, of any tie to it. I don't buy that. Andrew McCarthy there, doesn't buy that there's, one. He there's just, just like that. It, there's just no way to convince me that 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 happened because there is something very wrong, and it and it feels at this point deliberate. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. Friday Radio, he's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just reading this here from CNN. Peter Bergen, CNN National Security Analyst. The best way to resolve the Hamas hostage crisis. Listen to this. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> the um, Hamas has threatened to execute hostages and broadcast video of the execution if Israel strikes targets in Gaza without warning. Well, that's already happened. The approach with the likely lowest risk to the hostages is a negotiated release. Few governments have power or leverage with Hamas, but Qatar does, as it has provided hundreds of millions of dollars to poor families in Gaza in recent years. Qatar also has a track record of brokering such releases. For instance, last month, Qatari officials helped to secure the release of five American prisoners held by Iran, which included $6 billion in Iranian oil reserves uh, revenues be unfrozen and then sent to a Qatari bank to be used for humanitarian purposes in Iran. Already, Qatari officials are in communication with Hamas about what a deal uh, could be uh, made to relieve the hostage. Relieve, excuse me, release the hostages they are holding. What an idiot! Yeah, um, uh, I As asked if that from was day one. If, if that was a good deal that was done, right. no, no, yeah, right. This, this is uh, applauding, basically applauding the deal, right? Exactly. Because then you would ask, well, what is the ask this time? Then, right? What would Hamas be asking for? It has been the mo of Hamas to essentially embed their operatives and their operations inside civilian communities in Gaza. So that they could basically hide behind civilians. Now they have hostages. And the question would be, all right, what is the ask? Is the ask we're going to basically the deal is we're going to hold these hostages indefinitely. And the agreement is Israel doesn't attack. Well, that deal's already off. So then what are you going to ask for? money because you're dealing with hamas you're not dealing with Qatar. they may broker a deal but ultimately the ask is from hamas yeah what are you going to give them well the Biden administration announced today that hamas would be willing to release the hostages if we release some of their terrorists and give them a small suitcase nuclear bomb uh-huh yeah the Biden administration said why not it would be right? used the bomb would be used for mostly peaceful purposes humanitarian purposes only <laughs> this is red eye radio on westwood one
now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Now, this is a way, if you're a Democrat, you should answer this question. <laughs> yeah? He's lying, <laughs> but it's the way that you answer the question. Okay. And uh, right. this is Democratic Representative Jamie Raskin mm. uh, being interviewed by C-SPAN. All right? Oh, okay. So uh, here, we, here we go. A couple of your colleagues have called for a ceasefire, called for de-escalation, referred to Israel as an apartheid state. Do you think Democrats are unified in their support for Israel? Yeah, we're absolutely unified behind Israel's right to exist and Israel's right to uh, defend itself, and we'll be standing strong with Israel. What do you make of the comments from your colleagues that, that sort of indicate otherwise? Well, I just I haven't seen any of those. Um... <laughs> I'm looking away. I'm putting blinders on during those times. He's lying. He's seen of course him. he is. He's, of course he's seen him. <laughs> We've all seen him. Yeah. <laughs> You're fully aware. And you know the the interesting thing. The other thing that is just, and this thing is just heating up now, getting Americans out. Yeah, and you've got everybody on that talking point. Yeah, we'll take a commercial flight, or maybe you can, you know, find a land uh, route out. Mm-hmm. It's like what the hell? Yeah, and it's just like, well, all the commercial flights have been canceled. It's really bad. I mean, they're not getting anything right. Well, you said it. I think you said it off the air yesterday or day before during the show. And we were talking about this during a mid-show meeting. And you said something to the effect of they're likely also afraid of the scenario like we had in Afghanistan. You know, because you have people that are that right now are very desperate to get out. And they don't want that scenario playing out. Now, it likely wouldn't be the exact same as that scenario no, on the ground in Afghanistan. No, but you'd have people inside you, the terminals exactly. at the airports, would, you know, just desperate to right, get out. Desperate to get out. And, and, they don't want that yet. and you know, it's there. They would be vulnerable because the enemy would know that they're there. Uh, they would. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel in that zone. If you're in that zone right now, I don't know how you feel secure. I don't know how in the world you can go to sleep at night and and feel secure to begin with. But you would be in that scenario. You'd be sitting and waiting desperately on on whatever they would do. Uh, I don't. There's not a fix for this. The U.S. involvement here, there is no fix for this. I don't know what measurement or what measures Congress can take to force the Biden hand to do something, but it's going to, if that were the case, or if that is to be the case, it's going to require Democrats on board. If the Senate does move on refreezing those funds, it's likely because they're trying to force the hand of the administration to admit that they don't have the access or the ability to freeze those funds. 
Here it is uh, from the Hill. Um, you had uh, Mitch McConnell and Senator Tom Cotton on Wednesday unveiled legislation to immediately free $6 billion in Iranian funds that have been held in South Korea but are due to flow back to Iran because of the prisoner exchange deal with the United States. Okay, I don't know if they got it right. I mean, actually, Qatar has the funds. Yeah, that's what all the other... Uh, bipartisan pushback in Congress. Mm-hmm. McConnell and Cotton say they will seek unanimous consent to pass legislation to block Iran from accessing the $6 billion in funds. Well, if we can't block Iran, as Andrew McCarthy is saying, we can't freeze the funds. Cutter has them. Is this the Republicans' way of getting the administration to admit right. their line? Right. Because at the very least, you force the hand of the administration to do something about it. And then if you actually can't get to that point, then you demonstrate that the administration is lying. You could get the votes. You know, latest Democrat to call for freezing, uh, Brown of Ohio, Senator Brown. Yeah. Chairman of the Senate Banking Committee. All you need is one or two votes. Yeah. That's all you need. You're going to get get Republicans that say do it. And I think every, you probably get majority of Democrats. And then the House would do it. And then because why would would you, why would you vote against that? Think about this. But would Biden veto it? Oh. Because it's legislation. He'd veto it so well, you can't find out the truth. And and if you do get the majority of Democrats on board, tell me what Democrat would want to vote against it in the Senate. No one. Oh, man. You talk about a boomerang the moment you cast that vote for no. Right. You're going to be on every news channel a lot. So then they get bipartisan support, and Biden well, you got says the, no? You have the votes already in the Senate because wow. you've got Tester, Manchin, and now Brown. That's three Democrats. Yeah. That have, you know, come forward. Right. So you've got the votes in the Senate to pass it. Right. And as you said, who's going to vote against vote, it? Go ahead and vote against it. Who's going to vote against it right now? Man, if you get this thing to a vote. Because there are two things here. The administration, Biden vetoes this. Can you imagine that? Because, and that probably is also part of the play here. We ultimately want them to admit whether or not they have the power to claw this back, to refreeze these funds and Part of that demonstration is going to be quite possibly a defiant president who vetoes it. Well, because now, before you even have a vote, Mm -hmm. now tomorrow the question will be to Kirby, the you know the Senate now, and you've got enough votes with the you've got enough votes with the Democrats that have publicly come out Mm -hmm. uh, in in uh, the 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 Senate Mm -hmm. uh, wants to immediately freeze the funds. Why isn't the president doing it? Yeah. This thing, it's not going anywhere. They think it's going to disappear. It's not going to disappear. Oh, no, no, no. This isn't going anywhere because...
first of all, the Republicans on Capitol Hill know you can't let it go anywhere. You Because if you sat and ignored these opportunities, these aren't just political opportunities, by the way. There needs, if this administration is going to do nothing, then it's up to our elected representatives to force them to do something. So on the surface, you can look at it from those eyes and say, okay, he's not going to do anything about those funds. Our elected representatives at least need to try to force him to do something about those those funds. And however that turns out, whether he has the ability or, or not, it will all be learned. Or if he's going to be defiant and say no to a veto, but he would have, I, I don't know how you don't have a veto-proof majority. So then what? Well, you have to get the House. Can, can, can the Republicans put through legislation in the House with a temporary speaker? Because why haven't they done it? Do you do that the moment you get a speaker? Yeah. Because you'd need the two-thirds to over. If it's not done all if it's not done by then, you would you would need to get that done. And and again, I guess aside from Talib, <laughs> who votes against it? <laughs> because it's for you 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 think that Biden you think the Democrats believe they can make a case that it's for humanitarian aid in Iran? Uh, right. Because that's the only place you can go on it, right? Right. Right. Because if they don't do that, if the Biden, if they, they were able to get this through and the House got a speaker and boom, the uh, the House passed the law too and it goes mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Biden's desk. Yeah. Because it's legislation. Yes. Biden would have to sign it and then and then either sign it or not sign it. Right. And then make an excuse and then admit, well, we really don't have any control over it. Because a legislation right. means nothing. Right. No. They, if it's not in our control, if yeah. there's no clawback in the deal, which or, and nobody and Andrew McCarthy pointed this out. Nobody's talked about what the mechanism is where we can get the money back because there isn't any mechanism. Right. The deal was done. Right. And we're in the deal. I want to see the deal where Iran agreed and the United States stipulated that it can only be used for certain things and where the, the uh, mechanism is to claw back the money. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. I, I, I highly doubt that Iran would agree to give the U S that kind of control. Iran had the hostages. They had what the U.S. wanted. It was their deal. It was their terms. So I highly doubt there is a mechanism to refreeze. And do they know that? Are they playing stupid in the in the in or the hoping that people will be or yeah, right? Well, well, because because if, if no. you sus- because if you're in the Senate and you suspect it, well, there's one way to find it out, right? There's one way to confirm it that you can that you can actually do. Yeah, because everybody is making it sound like you know they can do it. The Biden administration last month finalized a deal to grant a waiver to allow Iran to recoup six billion in assets. The deal's getting a strong bipartisan uh, uh, pushback in Congress. McCollum and Cotton say they will seek unanimous consent to pass legislation. 
to block Iran from accessing the $6 billion in funds. Now, they don't say that. They don't say, well, Andrew McCarthy says he can't do it. Right, right. They simply say the path of resources, training, and lethal weapons from Tehran uh, to terrorists throughout the Middle East is crystal clear on Saturday and enabled, and they go through everything else. The right. civilized ru- world must reimpose serious consequences and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iran's the worst uh, state sponsor of terrorism. And just goes through everything, but do they actually know that this is this is the way that they right. can force the president? There's no other way. Right. The president can continue to lie on it and say we can we can freeze it. Well, why don't you? Why don't because you? Because you actually can't. Right. And so what Congress does and the Republicans, we're trying to freeze it. We're trying to fr- Oh, they were lying. They made a deal and they lied to you about the deal. Right. So the Biden administration lied again about the deal. They've been lying all along. Now let's look at the history of the Biden administration. Why are they making decisions that make Iran flush with cash when they know that cash goes to Hamas and Hezbollah? And the result is what you just saw last week. And what might might still come. Yeah, and how do you defend against that? You can't. There, there's you no can't. way. Nope. There's no way. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Here's a story of interest. Black Lives Matter Chicago. You would Black Lives Matter Chicago, then Black Lives Matter Grassroots. that represents over two dozen chapters across the country. Both come out with pro-Hamas uh, uh, tweets and statement the other day. Black Lives Matter Chicago chapter on Wednesday deleted their controversial pro-Hamas tweet, hmm. but doubled down in its support for the Palestinian cause. So, Yeah. Uh, something to the effect of we're not proud of what we said about it, but we still essentially support the cause. That's, that's, that to me is indicative. I, I, I mean, we know who they are. I said it yesterday. We're separating the radicals from the entire, the rest of the world on this. Mm-hmm. That line is drawn, and if you had any questions, you either you either support radicals who support these kind of actions clearly, or you don't. No in between. Well, the the thing is, the the what they put out was the uh, tweet with the uh, with a meme it says, yeah. "I stand with Palestine." Right, and then there were paragliders coming in right yeah it was the yeah it was the it was picture a, it was a of the, par- yeah, with the right. paraglider which is the paragliders that came into the music festival right festival to kill those civilians there right and that was by the way they're not apologizing no it just got you know they're it, just it, saying that yeah well maybe the the timing was wrong well no I, I for for me i don't even even if they said they apologize they're not apologizing because what you first come out with your first statement is what you believe mm-hmm Right. It's just the politics and 
the any potential future fundraising, which probably they're not going to see much of anymore. But even the apology they couldn't get right because they mean it. Yeah. They meant yeah. it the first time. They meant it the first time. And we told everybody, and we bring this up over and over again because at times we felt we were alone. It yeah. was us and a few others in conservative uh, conservative talk radio fighting ga- uh, back against the lies and the insane racism of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I mean, and and and, uh, and we were we were on it from the very very beginning. Yep. And and so uh, you know we sat there and you felt like back then you were alone because everybody fell for the BS. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be conned. Everybody wanted to believe. The lie. Well, corporations, Corpor- corporations were buying into oh, it. Corporations like crazy. You know? And we said at the time they're being conned. They're buying into a lie. And the NBA, remember the NBA? Yeah. Whole season, giving yeah. them prominence in the games. Yep. And then the commissioner at the end of that season, oh, well, um, we're going a uh, different direction. Makes you wonder what they were learning about the organization before it came out about enriching themselves and everything else. We were able to see it from the beginning. But way too many people were blinded by their garbage. And you learn that they're radicals. This is how they think. Like you said, they meant it the first time. They support this. That's who they are. And I'll say this again and again and again and again, because you have Democrats saying, we're not a part of this. We're not a part of this. The Democratic Party is the party that has institutionalized racism in this country. Yep. They were the biggest uh, influence and financer of slavery and Jim Crow laws yep. of any other organization in, in, uh, in the United States of America in that time from the Civil War on. Yep. And so now they do it, but they call racism anti-racism. But everything that they support is identity politics, from the racism of critical race theory to the Democratic Party and the attacks on black conservatives. And we've stated this many, many times, but it needs to be said because they're the ones, number one, victim and oppressor, mm-hmm. and identity politics. We judge you by groups, not individuals. All the radical left did was add Jews. Mm-hmm. That's all they right. did. Right. We're just adding Jews to the list of identity politics, and we're going to judge them as a group. Right. Now, many Democrats haven't gone that far, but you start that path when you practice identity politics and do not judge people as individual human beings, but as representative of a group based on physical characteristics or religion. Yeah, there's there's no there's no way that your behavior demonstrates who you are. Yep.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, the uh, House Conference uh, voted, uh, and uh, Scalise, Steve Scalise, mm. uh, wanted 113 to 99 for Speaker mm-hmm. over Jim Jordan. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what happens next? Well, they got to figure out how many votes they can get for Scalise. Yeah. Because they're not going to get any Democratic help. Right. And I think they're doing it very quietly. Let's listen to Matt Gates as he responded uh, uh, yesterday when he came out of the conference meeting. Here, here we go. What did you think of the pitch that they were making? Honestly, I thought, I thought both of them did a really good job. I think we saw vision and a uh, real uh, sense of purpose from both Mr. Scalise and Mr. Jordan. But you haven't made it. What are you weighing? What are you torn about? I want to make sure that we've got a real plan to put downward pressure on spending. Uh, that's what's brought us to this point, and I really want to um, see that we're on a path to better, better uh, fiscal policy. Here and there, from some of the members who they've been talking about wanting some sort of retaliation against yourself and the others who voted against McCarthy, was there a discussion of that in that meeting? Uh, I didn't pay much attention to that. Did you ask any questions inside the room? I did. What did you ask about? I don't believe I said. What was that? I don't believe I said. Would you would, would you mind talking about what you asked? Oh, yeah, I'll probably leave that for in there. So there you go. As you can see that he's uh, a, a lot calmer. A lot more subdued. <laughs> uh, certainly not what we saw last week. And it, it, it's quite likely that the party knows, including Matt Gates. Let's get through this process put a speaker in place and move on. Everything right now needs to be focused on what we do about Israel. Everything needs to be focused on highlighting this administration's series of bad decisions. And you're going to have to get to the, the other, all the other issues, the domestic issues, sure. because they're going to be there. Spending is going to be there. Mm. You know, I, I still look at it, though, uh, as, you know, because I just, the media going back and forth, you know, between Jordan and, uh, and, and Scalise. And, and, uh, I, and I don't know what the, the, if they've got the votes or not for Scalise, but uh, I still wonder about the imagery of it. Because, you know, you saw the headline, Trump loses because Jordan loses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, actually, Jordan was closer to McCarthy mm-hmm. than Scalise's. Even though Scalise was number two, they really didn't get along. Right. Jordan was closer to McCarthy. Right. So it's interesting that it's like everything is sort of just melding now into this, you know, I don't know. Um, Heaping, steaming pile? Well, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't want to no, say that. All right, here's, here's what I'll say. And here's... Here's the disagreement, I believe, going on between Republicans right now. There are Republicans. I got a buddy of mine yesterday. You know, Jim Jordan. It's got to be Jim Jordan because he'll go after him. Well, is that what you want in a speaker? You know, do you want Jim Jordan? Do you want the Jim Jordan that is screaming at a witness to be explaining what you wish to do going up to 2024? And I like Jim Jordan. I'm just setting the scenario well, of what a, his personality is like. What is his what, role? What what is what is the goal of the Republican Party? Is it to win in 2024? Is it to close down the government now because you believe you can win mm-hmm. by closing down the government now? 
when you don't have the numbers really to do anything? Is your job to convince independents that you're the party to vote for? And then you ask a question, can Jim Jordan, if he uses his style, and by the way, I like his style, but I'm studying the style of his personality. Mm -hmm. And he attacks witnesses, and I know that's what some Republicans want. My buddy wants that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, like, but you understand, you're preaching to the converted. That doesn't get you anywhere. Right. So is it? Is it the promotion of rage, irrespective of where it goes? Or is it to win in 2024? Everything has, the focus has to be on 2024. Uh, That's been the focus from, should have been the focus from day one. When they don't have the margin. If they had a greater margin, they can afford a number of uh, back and forths on, on the issues. Right now, you're trying to convince independents to be loyal to your party in November of 24. You know, we mentioned yesterday that he came out, uh, that uh, Matt Gates came out and was talking about Jim Jordan. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they both had good things, but, you know, Jim Jordan, you know, I don't want a continuing resolution. But Jim Jordan said, well, maybe a continuing resolution with cuts is a way to go. And that's something to consider, even though I'd rather not have that. Well, that's why you said that's one of the major reasons, and he said it again now, it's cutting is his major, he just said it, cutting right. is my major cause. Right. Right here. And so he doesn't want a continuing resolution. They got from the House Freedom Caucus the last bill that really was, wasn't was McCarthy's bill, mm. but he said, okay, you guys got it. We'll send this one. Gates voted against it. Right. So my question would be, and, and uh, maybe an observation, I see a little mansion in Gates, which is you make the statement about something that you want, and then you start slowly backing off in tone. Uh, yeah, there's some of that going on. And I'm, uh, not saying, I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying Gates is a Democrat. I'm just saying, just right. style-wise, I went, oh, okay, I've seen this before. Well, because Where? there was, you know, only so far that the tactic was going to work for you. I mean... If your only goal was to defeat Kevin McCarthy, well, then that was it. You say your goal is about fiscal sanity and and greater fiscal policy and downward pressure on spending. And conservatives agree with you. But what does this get you? It doesn't get you there. Only a greater win with a greater margin in 2024 will get you to that point. You send a message, but what is the message? That this is going to be the remedy going forward if I disagree with the speaker on how they move on spending? Because you can't use this every time. And I think now, I think it's it's probably pretty clear. It sounds like, based on his tone, that Matt Gates knows, you. this was your one flare. He's taken it down a couple of levels the last couple of days. I mean, it's obvious that his tone is way down from where it was. Mm -hmm. It'll be be interesting. But but I don't think they want to. I think the seriousness of the the Israeli situation and the political opportunity Mm -hmm. that comes out of this. Right. 
uh, because that would be the question. Do you believe, and, and nobody really could answer the question for me, if you shut down the government next week or in a, in a month in this new budget deal and Republicans are blamed for it, how does it help you politically in 2024? Right. Well, it doesn't matter. We just need to stop it. Yeah, but it does matter because there's more that comes after it. Yeah. There's a lot more. because, And we've seen history. We've seen every time that the Republicans are blamed, they finally have to compromise. And the compromise, a lot of times, is worse than what they originally had to begin with. Yeah, right. They end up having to cut their losses. Yeah. And that's not going to work. It never does. And as I said before, you know, Jim Jordan could be a great speaker. I don't know. He could completely mellow out and communicate and... He can't be the Jim Jordan. I don't believe he can be the Jim Jordan. And I think a lot of Republicans want the Jim Jordan that's screaming at a witness. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because they want the speaker to uh, expel their rage of what they have against the Democrats. But that's not the role of the speaker well, in 2023, the, 2024. Well, to carry the torch all the way to the mountain to kill the monster, and that's not going right. to the way. That's not the way it would work. You okay. want that in committee, and as I said last week, again, let me put a uh, <laughs> disclaimer here: Biden is getting so bad. <laughs> let me put the disclaimer here because I I've said this. You know, I'll throw out my thoughts. But they're not absolute because Biden is just so incredibly bad. There may be a point where American independents want to hear that rage from Republicans about the insanity of the Biden administration. Yeah, I guess it could be. I don't think that's right now. I could be wrong. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's why you and I won't predict this election. We have no idea what's going to happen because there are so many things that the American public has never, you know, the, the majority of the American public has never had to deal with inflation, number one. You know, you saw the uh, the tip poll that was taken. You'd have got, what, 63% of people blame mm. Biden for the border. Yeah. Now, And that was end of September, way before this happened. Right. In Israel. Right. What's that going to be now? I, I don't the, know where his polling numbers go because... It, the the one thing you and I talked about this during uh, one of the breaks earlier, and and my guess is in in the wake of something, these horrific events in Israel and the, and the details that we're learning, you have a, a a public is a free society is not just mourning but they're in shock. This hits and reverberates. And one of the questions that comes about in the grieving process is, how does this happen? And then you start seeing that in the polls. We saw it after the botched exit of Afghanistan. But this is going to be a war that goes on for a while. This is going to be something where the stories and the images are not going to go away. It won't be in the bubble of today or this week or this month. And that has the potential of greatly negatively affecting his approval numbers. And I'd love to see where 
independence feel. I think you could be onto something in, in terms of, you know, the the rage by independence. It could be getting to a boiling point and, and we're not going to see it until, you know, the polls start showing it. And then the closer political the election, season, right. yeah, the political right. season ramps up and is, is a lot more active on the I've, ground. I have no idea where the public stands right now on the issues that will make them vote. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. To the point. That, that it motivates them to in vote one way a or the other. Way. Exactly. Right. exactly. Exactly. I know where they stand yeah. on the polling. Right. But they yeah. don't vote necessarily the way nope. that they poll. No, on you're the issue. right. We've seen that. We've so, seen that. And in, 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 I'm, I'm historically, you and I have seen that. And we scratch our heads every single time of how does that work. But it's, it is exactly how it plays out many political seasons. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. You know, it's uh, one thing that uh, we did learn from all of this, though, is uh, the goal of Islamic jihadism. Yeah. And it's not even for power and control. It's to murder in the most vicious way. Yep. Human beings. Yep. Babies. Yeah. Kill defenseless people. Understand that's what that's what that's who the enemy is. We saw it on September 11th uh, on September 11th and we forgot. Yeah, we forgot. We've stated this every September 11th. We asked it both. We didn't work together after September 11th, but we said, you know, we hear never forget, never forget. How long will that last? And it didn't last a long time. Right. You know, when you think about that, you saw the type when we say terrorism, maybe that isn't descriptive enough. When we just use the term terrorism, these are terrorists across uh, the, the, the border. These are. These are uh, animalistic butchers, is what they are. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, there's and think about this, and when, that's why when you sit back and you look at it and you go, so the, you're telling me that American money went to help create that, or not American money? Well, we did some actually taxpayer dollars we have sent to Iran for humanitarian purposes where we don't know where they went outside of the six. Billion. I've seen some figures on that over the last couple of weeks. Hmm. But the fact is, we allowed this money because it wasn't being allowed. And this administration allowed Iran to gather this money, billions of dollars, and give it to the worst terrorist organizations, these animalistic butchers. Now, I guess the question is for America, are we going to look up this and are we going to want accountability on this? Are we going to state that we can't be doing this anymore? Because that's we now know who our enemy is. Should we be supporting our enemy in any way? If you don't draw the line here, I don't know where you draw the line. Well, when you see the butchery, the sadistic butchery there, well, then should we be saying, well, we want to help them humanitarily speaking, uh-huh. these countries. Right. Or should we say, nope. Cut them off. Cut them off.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Just looking to hear the minutes, some of the minutes being released from the Federal Reserve get-together yesterday. Federal yeah. Reserve officials at their September meeting differed on whether any additional interest rate increases would be needed, though the balance indicated that one more hike would be likely. Mm. Minutes released on Wednesday showed. You saw wholesale prices were up. Yeah. Wholesale inflation prices came out yesterday. Right. Uh, while there were conflicting opinions on the need for more policy tightening, there was uh, unity on one point that rates would need to stay elevated until policymakers are convinced inflation is heading back to 2%. The minutes basically point to at least one more hike, and that's what most people, had, you know, most of the analysts watching it had, had felt that that was going to happen. Uh, you know, but the question is, is the one, if you do another quarter of a point, is that enough? I, I don't know. I can't tell you. You know, because we're seeing the housing number or the shelter numbers uh, that that are now catching up with the inflation reports uh, because it's a it, it is a lagging indicator or lagging part of that indicator. And as it catches up and then you see energy prices, you know, still uh, relatively high. Then we could see, see if there is what the median forecast is for today on September inflation. Well, you're looking for that U.S. wholesale prices before they get to the retail rose last month at the fastest pace since April, suggesting mm. that inflationary pressures remain despite a year and a half of higher interest rates. This from Associated Press, the Labor Department reported Wednesday that its producer price index, which measures inflation before it hits consumers, climbed 2.2% from a year earlier. That was an uptick from 2% in August. On a month-to-month basis, producer prices rose at 0.5% from mm. August to September, right. down from 0.7% from July to August. So here are the media, here's the median forecasts uh, for inflation. Uh, we'll get these inflation numbers for September uh, at 8.30 Eastern. Um, on inflation... Uh, month over month, the median forecast is for 0.3%. Uh, last month, it was 0.6%. Uh, core CPI, month over month, is also at 0.3%, and it was at 03 last month. Again, these are the median forecast numbers. CPI year over year, 36 Versus the 3.7 uh, the previous month, uh, 3.6, the median forecast there. And core CPI year over year, the median forecast is for 4.1%. And last month it was at 4.3%. Again, these are the median forecasts, which means that the analysts, uh, half the analysts uh, believe it's going to be higher, half the analysts believe it's going to be lower. 
Also coming out today is the Social Security Adjustment, or uh, the the uh, administration, uh, their annual cost for li- living adjustment is going to be announced. I don't know how that doesn't also go up, you know, for 2024, 20, based on, you know, where we are with inflation and everything else. You, we're not at the point of taming inflation yet, so we'll see what the Social Security Administration says later today on cost of living adjustment for next year. But we'll see those inflation numbers here in about uh, four, uh, less than four and a half hours. Now, uh, we can talk all we want the numbers, Mm -hmm. but what matters is the experience that each and every consumer feels when they go into the store. I mean, not just feel, but sees. I mean, they they observe what it is, and there's an emotional reaction to it. I had Mm -hmm. one yesterday. Now, we may sound okay, but both Eric and I have been sick the last 24 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. We both have wicked colds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so yesterday we both, I think yesterday was probably the worst day. Yeah, I, it was for me. Yeah, and hopefully it's getting better. Hopefully it'll be, you know, better today. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yesterday I, you know, when I woke up, you know, I had a ton of things to do because going to uh, New York over the weekend. Then I got some family coming in to visit me next week. Mm. And so cutting the lawn, do it feeling terrible. I mean, just, mm-hmm. you know, but I got to get it done because mm-hmm. I'm out of town on Friday. So I got to get this stuff done. So I'm getting it all done. I'm like, okay, finally. It's like, well, you know something? I feel okay mm. right now. I feel, mm. you know, eh. mm. I'm just going to run to the store to get a last few things. Right. So that's what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. Just the last few things that, I might need. Right. You know, and it's for the guest, you know, bathroom and, you know, stuff like the shampoos or whatever they yeah, have. Yeah, sure. That kind of stuff. And seems like I'm in there for about, oh, I don't know, uh, seven, eight minutes, 107 bucks. Yeah. And it, oh, just, yeah. it just hit me because I went, what, 107, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, if that hits me like that mm-hmm. and I'm in a position after working my entire life where, you know, it, uh, you know, I saved money. Mm-hmm. Still, it's a huge hit. You notice it and it affects you. you oh know, yeah. Whoa. And then shopping for what? a family. And, and I can't imagine, I can't imagine somebody right now, you and I've often said it. We don't know how people are making it right now. No, it, it boggles my mind sometimes when I think about, uh, there was another story about, uh, in fact, I, I think it was the wall street journal about how the move from California to Texas, people leaving California, the number one destination when they move right now is the state of Texas. And it's the 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 housing costs are going up, are being affected directly by that, not just inflation, not just the interest rates going up on the mortgage, but also the the houses so if you're I, I think they focused on one couple in san antonio that was saying you know we wanted to move and and get this house and just the 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 costs have gone up tremendously uh you know just in in over the last couple of years and part of that is due to the fact that there still is a healthy demand and when you're moving from california what you get in Texas, and I made this point in the article, but you and I have talked about it, but what you get for your money in Texas is much greater. It's it's a much better bargain 
in Texas. And there were, I think they also uh, focused on people, some people moving from Illinois and New York. But I don't know. I think of my my kids who were all in their late 20s all the way up to, well, my oldest is going to turn 41 next month. Now, my two oldest already have their houses. They have equity in their homes. They have great mortgages. They have great rates on their mortgages. But heaven help you if you want to move or need to move. And I don't know in the situation now, there really is not much of a choice uh, if you're renting an apartment, you know, because rent is going to go up, it's going to keep skyrocketing. So you you try and find a cheaper place. So what does that mean in an area like ours? It means you have to move out further, which means your commute's going to be longer if you're not working from home. Or you're going to have to take on a roommate, or you're going to have to move in with someone and become the roommate. You know, and then beyond that, it's also living with your, you know, your parents. Yeah, that's uh-huh. that's skyrocketing. We, by the way, we, you know, we saw that in it's still very much uh, in play in Japan. You know, when when you look at at uh, their recession, you look at their economy and everything else, and it, it just became normal for multiple generations to live under one roof. And that's becoming more normal here in the States. And so, you know, those are, you know, shelter costs, food costs, energy costs. All of those right now are at peak levels. And now you, this is where you start to see that individual debt is on the rise, unsecured debt. Uh, Because of the interest rates, Harder to get the car you want. The cost of the car is going through the roof. And then, of course, the cost for for shelter, as we mentioned. All of these things are, you know, are a tremendous weight. And this is where I think the Republican Party has to come in and they have to demonstrate where we are, how we got here, and how we fix it. And those are the things that you have to identify and repeat over and over and over and over again on on just the economy. That doesn't even start to talk about national security, the border, well, and all the other well, that's, things that's, on our plate. That's right why now. when you're saying, you know, like Gates is constantly talking about stop spending, stop spending, stop right. spending, stop spending. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You have to tell people why we need to stop spending. Right. Every time you say stop spending... You have to remind people the inflation you're seeing today. You know the economic hell you've gone through the last couple of years? That's why I want to cut spending. Yeah. This isn't something of I want to take something away from you. Right. This government has taken from you. Look at what the inflation has done to the cost of living. We're trying to make your life easier. The Republicans aren't doing that. Well, They simply say, exactly. we need to cut spending, cut spending, cut spending. And the Democrats say, see, they want to cut spending and take away your programs. Right. We know the Demo- the Republicans know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Explain it. You've got to. You don't just say it is. You've got to demonstrate why it is and then also demonstrate what you can do about it. 
And that's the frustrating thing for me with Republicans still. It's always been, if you've been a long time listening to the show, they, they couldn't communicate. They couldn't communicate that, you know, uh, that there's a beautiful beach right in front of you with beautiful warm water and women in bikinis. If you're a 20 year old male, they couldn't communicate effectively what was over that sand dune. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and it's it gets to be frustrating because every single major issue and you think about it, there's a reason for it. There's a reason that on every single major issue that exists today, the Republicans have a landslide, landslide polling numbers on the issues of where they stand. Yeah. They They, still can't get. They still can't get it done. You can't move people. You can't get them to the polls. Because the fear mongering by the left has been there for a long, long time. It's their game and nobody beats them at it. But you can win it. If you, you can, communicate effectively, you can win this. And you that's, can. That's the frustrating thing for us when you we get can. upset. It, and exactly. We know, and we, you just and we have know, to do it. And we know people get upset. And it's like, well, no, but but it's wrong and they need to rage. Well, you, if you rage all the time and you continue to lose, that doesn't do anything for you. No. You've got to explain to people why your plan is better. It's what we do every day. Yep. It's what we do every day. We tell yep. you what we believe. By the way, just going back very quickly, when you say, you know, Talib yesterday or two days ago walking, you know, wouldn't wouldn't answer the question from mm. uh, uh, Hillary Vaughn from Fox News, right? You know, on on uh, I mean, it's just a it's when I chuckled there, it's it's at her response that she can't do it. I want to make right. this clear. Yeah, um, you know, she just couldn't. She wouldn't answer the question and turned and just looked at her, whatever. And she's simply asking a question: Could you respond? to the babies being decapitated. Could you respond to what your your position is on this and you're flying the Palestinian flag outside? And the fact she couldn't answer the question, have you has that ever happened to you in your life where you couldn't answer a question? No. As a talk show host? Especially on something with such where, where strong you, where you, conviction. Were you ever walked away? No. Nope. These people deal. They're in they're 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 legislators. They're representatives. All they do is deal with issues every day. Yep. And she can't answer it? No. Now, does that mean that she knows she's wrong? Does it mean At she's... At the very least, she knows she's not going to win. That was my next one. Does she mm-hmm. know she can't win it? Mm-hmm. Or does she know she's wrong? Or is it a combination of both? Yeah, probably a it's, little of both. It's a foreign concept to me where somebody would ask me a question. I'm not going to answer them. Right. Yeah, my yeah. conviction is going to lead. Especially in the setting where it's a legit reporter yeah. asking you a specific question on tape, whatever, that should be right. easy to answer. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Drivers must always be prepared for a roadside inspection. This means drivers should always have their personal, vehicle, and company credentials organized and ready and having any shipment paperwork, such as bills of lading or hazardous material shipment emergency response information, organized and ready for the inspection official. Just an FYI, the top two violations written against drivers every year, as well as during Operation Road Check, are log general form and manner and log not current. Both are completely avoidable if the driver keeps the log accurate, compliant, and current at all times. Having the vehicle ready for inspection 
involves the driver conducting daily inspections and making sure any problems that are discovered are immediately corrected. Vehicle readiness also requires the company to make sure that the vehicle is current on all scheduled maintenance and that the maintenance schedule is adequate. This will make sure the driver is being given a sound vehicle to start with. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. One of the things we've uh, talked about is how will everything in uh, Israel affect, you know, what the people of the United States think, you know, the voter of the United States. You know, it does highlight a bunch of different things here, as we had mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, everything goes to, you know, what our national policy should be. Mm-hmm. Now we know what the enemy is. You know, this is crystal clear. You know, you had, you've got, you, you have... Um, you have Israel that has a ton of media that has made it clear, and you've got enough international media there <clears throat> to show the absolute butchery of Hamas, yeah, which right. is Islamic jihadism is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's not even about taking over a country. It's not even about oppressing you. It's right. about murdering yeah. civilians. Yeah, it's not even about uh, establishing uh, or becoming a caliphate anymore it's not it's about murdering innocents in the most gruesome way yep and so you look at it that everything that we're talking about here every everything with the u.s policy and what happened here you can look at energy why are we begging dictators Mm -hmm. why are we begging dictators to produce fossil fuels for us when we're shutting down leases here right there was a thing where Exxon, you saw Exxon made that, uh, you know, the big consolidation together. Right. So they can be drilling in the Permian Basin. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he said, isn't it interesting that uh, what Biden is doing is creating the big companies to get bigger and the small oil companies are gone. Yeah. Because, right. uh, you know, that's what you need to do in, in you know, in, in these situations. But, you know, you, you look at, you know, begging dictators to, you know, have the U.S. be dependent on dictatorial regimes Mm -hmm. think about this what john kirby said yesterday when you and i said it when he started talking about supply and demand Mm -hmm. he was basically he was saying that we need to have iranian oil because that keeps the price of gasoline down in the united states he actually said it yeah and it's just and we won't you know they're they're slow they're slow walking any effort to expand drilling in the united states well, they actually make that comment that, oh, no, we know, because what he is saying is he's communicating to me, it's okay if Iran gets the money and uses it for terrorism against Israel that gets Americans killed as long as gas prices are low. Right. Why didn't anybody else pick up on that except us? No, I, I, I haven't heard anybody else make that point. No. But it's and, clear. And so you just wonder on a a whole different thing. We got a bunch of polling here, but what will the polling look? How will this affect the polling mm. over the next year?
five hours a night and still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So I, I started thinking about, uh, you know, where we're going because, you know, we we talked earlier about, you know, Scalise and Jordan and who's going to be Speaker of the House and where the Republican Party, you know, wishes to go and, and you know, what, you know, the, the, the Speaker, do you want more of a, uh, of a pit bull, uh, uh, Jim Jordan, to be putting out your message, or do you want somebody who is, uh, you know, uh, has a more mellow presentation like a a Scalise? And the whole point of that is, where are the independents right now? And I said, I don't know. Maybe if the Republicans rage and make sense, independents may say, yeah, because the things we've been dealing with over the last three mm-hmm. years are mm-hmm. insane. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're insane, and independents know that. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows precisely, you know, what will what will convince them. Now, we were looking at just some different polls out there and we were looking at the Emerson poll for uh, Pennsylvania. And that got a lot of news yesterday where Trump is up on Biden by nine. (laughs) Yeah, right. That may be an outlier, but, you know, who, who, who knows? And that's why I state with with everything going on here, the insanity uh, of the United States government being involved, the Biden administration changing what the Trump administration did. And by the way, this is one of the things, and Britt Hume said it the other day, he says, you might not like Trump, but on the issues, it's a lot better than what we're seeing right now. And we've always stated this on the actual issues for Trump. On the issues, he was a moderate. He went and he wins. He wasn't, he wasn't a radical. Yeah. He was, he was a moderate. Yep. But... When you look at right now, if you take what's our relationship with with Iran, well, he was saying, sorry, nope. You know something? We're not going to go to war with you, but we'll kill your leaders. That's what he did with Soleimani. Yeah. And boy, that sent a message out. And then he said, sorry, no more oil money. You don't make it. Right. Biden comes in, says, oh, okay, let's, you know, we're not going to enforce the federal law sanctions on Iranian oil. Right. Boy, that sounds familiar. It's sort of like the border. Hmm. It seems to me, and and it's like now we see the result of that. You know, we see the result of giving them. And if anybody tries to tell you that by by allowing the United States and the Biden administration to drop the oil sanctions. And enrich Iran with thirty, forty, fifty billion dollars mm-hmm. that that didn't go into the terrorist attack that we saw the other day, that no money went into that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a hard time convincing most Americans yeah. of that. Yeah. And so you look at you look at those things, you look at you look at the border right now, and the, the latest poll here, right this is and this is the end of uh this is September twenty seventh through the twenty ninth. Uh, you now have, what is it, uh, is it 63%? Uh, how would you describe the current situation at the United States southern border in Mexico? The poll was taken September 27th to the 29th, margin of error of 2.7. The response was clear. 72% of Americans called it either a crisis or a major problem. Hmm. 22% said it was either a minor problem or not a problem. Six percent. I don't know. Hmm. Republicans came out, called it the highest. Eighty-eight percent calling 
the illegal border crossings a crisis or a major problem, and just 10% calling the problem minor or non-existent. That was, was that the Mitt Romney yeah, uh, right. part of the Re- Republican Party? Right. Independents were somewhat below Republicans, 64 to 25, but Democrats weren't far behind, 62 to 32. Wow. Of all the 26 demographic groups that they tracks each month, just one group was less than a majority, the younger cohort, which includes those 18 to 24 years old. Even among the young, there was a plurality of 44% to 34%, not a problem. Crisis, major problem, whatever. Some interesting results. Overall, 62% of the two largest minority groups, blacks and Hispanic, called uncontrolled immigration across our border, a crisis or major problem. 27% didn't think that way. Uh, Okay. What else do we have here? Overall, 63% said President Biden was either very responsible or somewhat responsible, while just 28% said he was either not responsible or not responsible at all. 9%. Uh, hmm. So there you go. Now, that was before all this happened. You don't think Americans now are going to be focused on what go- is going on at the border after what happened in Israel? And that's why I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how independents are feeling right now. You know, back in, in uh, November of uh, of uh, twenty of uh, 20, uh, 22, it didn't seem like inflation had the effect that Republicans thought it would have. Right. Will it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A combination of everything that we have. Well, they, I guess that's it. it. It's it's that compounding effect of all of it. And the fact that it is relentless. It had, had the public, had so many people in the public become... Uh, I guess in their mind, trained to think that this is only <laughs> transient. <laughs> that you know, inflation is transient. That this thing will pass. They'll do something. They'll start sending out checks soon enough. You know, it can't go on forever on the economy. Well, now you add to it the very real and serious and immediate concerns on national defense, and that. Really, the the border has to be the focus. Shut the door. And in in people's minds, that that's what they're screaming. Because one of the things that happens in in the wake of such horrific events, and they're in history, there are only a few that you can that that you can point to. What happened in Israel? I don't know that we've fully measured how massive this is as a world event. I really don't know that we fully measure that. I still think we're in shock and haven't had enough time to look at this. And I know people are saying it. I know we talk about it. But I mean, as a society, it is Massive, And in the wake of such events, in a free society, 
people tend to get nervous. That fear is very real because the question is, what will they, the enemy, do next? You know, it's interesting that when you when you say that, because when you got to the point of the decapitation of children that they, you know, cut babies' heads off yeah, while their parents watched before they killed them. Yeah. And you think about that for a moment and you're completely outraged, but you really don't want to think about it, do you? No, you don't. No, you want to look I, away. I, I can it's s- gruesome. Yeah, it, it's right. gr- it's I can, the worst. Right. I can say it. I'm saying it right now, but... If I say it and think about it, I might not be able to get through the day. No, it's it, it is you know, and and it, so it, it has tremendous weight. It has yeah. it is it is something that is so hard to comprehend. It's so hard to think about. It's so hard to think about the families now that are dealing with that grief, and and as a society, how we all are grieving well, here and. Quite often, and I, you know, you and I talked about this off the air earlier. And, and quite often, in such scenarios, you just you kind of become numb. The shock of it all just has you, you know, just uh, trying to to shut it off and and not think about it. Well, it's another lesson about our enemy. It's another lesson about Islamic jihadism. They don't. It's like, well, they want to control you. No, they want to kill you. And they're not talking about your soldiers. They want to massacre you. You and I always said this about 9-11, and people don't you know, really understand it. They expected at that point that there would be 25,000 people in each of those buildings. Right. They wanted to kill 50,000 civilians. Right. That was their goal yep. on 9-11. Right. That was the goal. Because that's how many people were in those buildings mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, and so... Understand it's not about, oh, we have a different, we have a different um, uh, political ideology than you do. And we'd like to spend more on Social Security or welfare benefits. Mm -hmm. It's you're dead. Yeah, that's it. No discussion. You're dead. And in the most brutal way and dehumanizing way possible to strike terror into you to strike fear into you now i will say this the immediate reaction is you know i I know that when i think about what that situation would be like the decapitation of my child in front of me before i was killed those moments of those you know those seconds in between are indescribably horrible you can't imagine it and but you let that go very quickly and it becomes anger over the people that did it and realize those people cannot live right people with that they, mentality they must be eliminated that completely have to be eliminated they don't want to be a part of society they really don't want to negotiate the interesting thing is and i think it was the uh, wall street journal that said look the head of hamas laid it all out mm-hmm. he laid it out that it's like you know uh, you know what we did we pretended that we were taking care of Palestinians. The, 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 the Palestinians, right. that, that we were concerned of governing about them, and the Israeli government bought it. Right. And meanwhile, the entire time, it was, it was sort of was sort of a uh, a Trojan horse in a way. Yeah, they were really building their Trojan horse. Right. That uh, and and this comes from the leader of Hamas. Yeah. In an interview, I guess he did with Russia Today. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll find it here because I got it somewhere here, but I'll 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 get it because it's really it's really it's, it's and and there can't be any question now. There's there there are no questions now about who Hamas is and what they're about. No, there or, aren't any questions or any or anyone involved in the Islamic Jihad, the radical right. radical right. Islam. This right. is what they're we saw it with ISIS. We saw mm-hmm. it with you know with uh uh. Oh, I can't think of it. Al Qaeda. Right. We saw it. And now it's getting more even more brutal. And now it's not even an attempt. Not even an attempt to say, well, we're fighting your soldiers to do it. It's like, no, nah, our goal is just to massacre and and Hamas made it clear and that strike was their goal. At a, at a strike at every turn and every opportunity. You know, one of the things about al Baghdadi uh, is that uh he would he they credit him for basically uh inspiring the whole lone wolf thing because that's what he would preach that you use whatever is necessary and you do this even if you have to do it alone you do it for the cause i don't know how uh if in terms of recruiting and getting their message out hamas would be any different you do anything and everything even if you have to do it alone and that has to be something that is of great concern to every free person on the planet. Every American and every free person must be concerned about the enemy. And we we don't have a choice. There is no more choice because it is us or them. They must be eliminated. You may not like it, but it's reality. Israel's enemies are our enemies. Yes. And what they did to Israeli citizens and Americans and other nationalities that were over there, they would do to you tomorrow. They are an enemy to humanity. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So we never make predictions because on sports or anything else. So you think they'll come to a consensus and get Scalise in? I think they do. I think they. I think they do. Yeah, I think they will. One of the things about Steve Scalise is, um, you know, he does have the respect of uh, some Democrats, uh, but certainly has respect of. Uh, from the GOP, he's you and I talked about it, I think, really going back uh, to January when the whole, you know, 15 days, 15 days of McCarthy. Is that a is that a, uh, a I like did that. someone make the documentary yet? I like that. <laughs> you know, uh, trying to get, you know, him in the first time. And we talked about Steve Scalise, but we just kind of dismissed it, saying, you know, probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, but especially with his blood cancer diagnosis, then mm-hmm. then that became less likely, and and it wasn't expected of him. But I think now we're in a situation where the GOP knows they need to do this, and Steve Scalise has that kind of respect.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.